Wow, you guys can be seated. I almost don't want to. I almost just want to keep on going. I don't know about you, but don't worry. I think we will here in just a minute. Man, that was exciting. Woo! Let me ask you, who was glad to be in the house of God, right? Absolutely. Man, I'm glad Christmas is over. I love it, but man, I'm glad it's gone. You know, joy to the world. Woo, glad it's gone though. You know what I mean? <laughs> Look at them real good because it's leaving this week. All right, look at it all real good. It's gone. Anyway, man, we want to thank you guys for being out here. I know it's a holiday uh, day and Chris, or, uh, New Year's Eve and, and you guys got lots of plans for tonight. I know most of you probably will be in bed by 930 though. So don't, let's not kid ourselves. All right, amen, right? So. But um, man, it's, it's, it's great to be here and I'm just so thrilled to be able to just, you know what, we're going to close out 2017 and I'm super hyped about closing out 2017, all right? And I'm ready for 2018 and what God has in store for your life and for our church. Absolutely excited for it. But, you know, we, we, I, I look here and I, I see a room full of people and with Everyone that I see in, in, in the room full of people, on some level, we all have a, a belief in God. And, and some level, we all have a, a belief with, in regards to the Bible. And some level, many of us are involved in different aspects of the church. And, and, and some of you have experienced radical change within being a part of, uh, you know, with, within the church and, and, and all of this. But... One thing that, that kind of throws me here slightly, or not even throws me, but is wanting me to encourage you this morning, and that is, you guys know that I'm very big when it comes to the spiritual disciplines, the spiritual disciplines of our life. You know, we just come out of what was a really hugely busy season, and with that, within that season, a lot of different things can get lost, a lot of different things can get overlooked. A lot of different things can get forgotten. And that can even, unfortunately, creep in within our spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines such as seeking God. Spiritual disciplines such as, uh, you know, fasting. Spiritual disciplines such as, you know, coming into the house of worship. Spiritual disciplines, you know, with, with all of this. And, and, and oftentimes these things can get overlooked. And, you know, I, I'm, I was sitting there kind of contemplating exactly how am I supposed to bring a, a message that kind of closes out 2017, but yet gives us a, a new life and a new excitement about what 2018 is going to bring us. And the only thing that could really come to my mind was, you know what, we need to get back. And for some of you, it might need to be a brand new start. But we need to get within and, and anchored heavily and anchored deeply within these spiritual disciplines. You know, in everything, there's order. You know, God created this world and this universe in, in an orderly fashion. Order is a big thing. Order, you go throughout your day with order. We go out throughout our months and our year with order. Everything's lined up accordingly. Everything has its own season, own place. You know, you go to your, uh, you look in your house and you walk through the door and things are placed in order. Some of you much more order than others because you've got this compulsion behavior, you know. Unless you go to our house and it's like chaos because of kids, right? But we all have order. We all have a, things that we place in different aspects and different lines. And if things get out of order, what happens? It becomes chaotic to us. It becomes very chaotic. And even through the Christmas season, 
and, and even leading up into it, you could almost find yourself at times maybe creeping out of order in those spiritual disciplines. And when that happens, it kind of takes our spiritual life and becomes a little bit chaotic, a little bit tangled up, a little bit misunderstood even perhaps. You know, those of you who are married, you know all about order. Order is very important. Think about this. One of the biggest arguments that couples have within the kitchen realm, and I'm talking about the kitchen, is the dishwasher, right? Everything has a place within the dishwasher. If you think about it, the top rack is what? Cups. You know, the bottom rack is your plates and your supposedly pots. We don't put pots and pans in ours because we're not allowed. Plates, you know, to the right, you got your little holder for all of your what? Utensils, right? So you got, there's order for everything. Think about this. When you go to the grocery store, you go to Walmart. God, I'll, I'll pray for you when you go to Walmart. Pray for me when I go to Walmart, all right? But everything is set up in order. If you look at it, you walk into the food line, it's all in order. You walk in and you know what they hit you first with when you walk in is the bakery. Why? Why must they hit us with the bakery first? But then you hit the bakery, you go to the fruits and vegetables, then you go down the, 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 the line of, of, of all the like, you know, dry goods. And then you circle your back away around the milk and then the meats and then you make your way out and everything is done in such an orderly fashion. We're creatures of habit. We need order within our lives. Order matters. I believe that God blesses when we allow things to be placed in order spiritually in our life. I believe that there's some spiritual disciplines that I want you to grab a hold of today as we're closing out 2017 and we're about to jump right into 2018. Some spiritual disciplines that must come to the forefront again in your life. Spiritual disciplines that are going to allow you to grow and allow you to flourish spiritually when it comes to God. Spiritual disciplines that are when you're be, being attacked by, by, by you know, the things of our society and, and the world. And, and let's just face it, the enemy that we, goes around what? Looking whom he can devour to kill, steal, and to destroy within your marriages, your homes, your jobs, your families, your church. If we can allow these spiritual disciplines to become an anchor for us in our lives, when we're faced with such contemplation, when we're safe with so many, or, you know, faced with so many difficulties, we can stand firm and stand stronger in realizing and understanding whom we are set in, whom is our foundation. You know, I, I see a room full of people today, and, and we as a church, our firm foundation completely resides upon Jesus Christ. Without him, there is nothing. Without him, we would never experience the move of the Holy Spirit that many of you were experiencing during the, especially that, excuse me, that last song of worship. Without Christ, we would never have salvation. Without Christ, where would our eternal home be? So as we leave in the 2017 and we enter into 2018, we can be encouraged in understanding that the way things were, don't, it doesn't always have to be that way, but we can move forward. We can progress when it comes spiritually in our lives. The first thing I want us to take a look at this morning comes from Matthew chapter 6. And, and the scripture says this, it says, but seek first. See, we, we see here a, a little bit of order. God's placing some order here. He's saying the first thing that we need to seek, what? But seek first God's kingdom 
and his righteousness. And then all of these things will be given to you as well. So in other words, before I can have peace of mind, before I can have understanding the, the, the calmness and knowing that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life, and the satisfaction of knowing that one day I will live eternally with him, the scripture says, first, I must seek him. The first thing that we need to do as we begin this new year, as we begin this new season for us, we're going to look at four different things. The first one is this, seek. Seek God. Seeking God the first of your day. Think about that for a moment. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I've, I've told you guys this many times in my own personal life. I have a routine. We all have routines probably. In one way or another, you have a routine of your life. I have a routine in my life. Every day I get up, you know, well, you, know, you probably go to the bathroom when you get up, right? You got to take care of the necessities. You know what I'm saying? You probably get your coffee going. All right. That's cool. I understand that. But the first thing I do when I get up, man, I get right into God's word. The very first thing, I do not allow anything else to interrupt what I feel that God is trying to speak. I believe what God wants you and I to understand and to do is this, making God, seeking God first in our day as we start this new year. Seeking him first. That means forget everything else that might be on your mind. You know, you wake up and, and you're stressed over bills, you're stressed over family, you're stressed over school, you're stressed over work. You get all these stresses. And you know what? If you dwell on them long enough, those things can jump right in and, and it kind of trumps that time that you can spend with God. Because we get so worried. So we, what we do is we put our hand and we start getting involved in all of this other stuff. And that's what it is. It's just stuff. But if we would learn to do as the scripture says, and that is what? To go after God first. God, I want to seek after you the first part of my day. The first thing that I do, Lord, I'm going to go after you and your word. The first thing that I'm going to do, God, is I'm going to take time and I'm going to get into you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend those few moments with you. Now, I look here and I see a room full of people who, who, who are serving God and mature Christians and newer Christians and Christians in the middle, so to speak, you know, Christ followers. And, and, and I would like to think that every one of us in this room is doing just that in our lives, that we're seeking God first in our day. But the reality is we're not. The reality is everything else has taken precedence. Everything else is taking importance. And so therefore, what we're really doing is saying, God, all of this other stuff is much more important. I'll get to you when I get to you. Let me understand. I, I get it, right? When it's convenient, God, when I feel that I have the time to set aside to get with you, then I will get with you. But how many know that typically, that just does not happen. Unfortunately, the pressures, the schedules, the order that we have for our lives doesn't allow it. Um, there's a scripture in Psalm 63 and verse 1. It's a prayer here by the psalmist, and it's a fantastic prayer. He says this, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. Understanding that what time matters in that moment. 
Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Listen to me. I need God every single moment of my day. I must have a hunger and I must have a thirst when it comes after him, when it comes about him. I, if, and if I do, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that I spend that time with God so that I feel complete. So that my spirit is feeling complete in that moment. Now, you know, we, we take for granted food and water. You know, we really do, especially water. You know, I, I can't stand water. I don't like the taste of it because it tastes like nothing. You know what I'm saying? Does anybody else agree with that? You know, there's three of us. There are, thank you. All right, a couple of you. All right. I don't like water. And then you know what people do? They sit there and say, well, put these little packets in. I don't like them either. They're horrible. You know what I want? A soda. That's what I want. I want 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a Coke machine, IV like right in my mouth. Imagine if that were the case. But we all have a hunger and a thirst for different things in our lives. You know, um, our oldest son, Kyle, he's in the Navy and he was home and we had to take him back yesterday, but he was home for, I think it was eight or nine days. And during that time, he was, uh, he was very excited because he was making his own money now. <laughs> Praise God. Woo. That'll make you shout as a parent. Got his own insurance. You know, man, it's fantastic. So he gets this bright idea. I want, I, want, I want to get a truck. I want a truck. And I was like, well, you got a truck, but it's not good enough. I want a good truck. I want a truck that I know I drive down the road and it doesn't break down on me. Truck, you know. You all understand that? I'm like, okay, I get it, you know, because we've nickel and dimed this truck that he's had forever. And uh, it hit me, though. I said, you know what? You can get a truck because you can pay for a truck. I ain't got to pay for it no more. The joy that came over me was, remember last week I told you how joyful it was when my wife told me we were done Christmas shopping? There was even more joy when I sat there and go, oh, he bought a truck and I'm not paying for it. It was fantastic. But he had a desire, he had a hunger, he had a thirst. You know, many of you, you have different things in your lives. You have a hunger and a thirst for different things. Hobbies, things that you like. And get, get this, get this. There's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it whatsoever, as long as it doesn't get in the way of your time with God. But I sit there and I look at myself and I go, okay, you know, I, I have a hunger and thirst for different things that, that you know, I would like to have in my life. And, 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 and I have sometimes I have to scale it back a little bit and go, wait a minute, is this getting away of my desire for what God wants to speak to me into my life on? Am I taking up too much time in my life and not seeking after him first over it. You know, I caught myself this, this holiday season, this Christmas season, and uh, I love to do the Christmas shopping online. I'd get up in the morning, I'd get the coffee ready, I'd skim through the scripture as fast as I possibly could so I could get to a website, Amazon, to see what deal was out there today to see if I could save some money. And I felt kind of shameful about that. So wait a minute, where's the priority at? Where, what, what has happened here? How are we allowing our minds and our spirits to become fogged over the pleasures of, uh, of the world, so to speak, and of society? And listen, again, it's not bad. It's only bad when we're allowing it to interrupt what God's trying to do. 
And we have to make a presence. We have to understand the spiritual discipline for 2018 that I'm going to go into is this. I'm going to seek God first. I mean, we understand Jesus himself. We see throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels of the, you know, we see the life of Christ. We see all the examples. But how many times do we see where Christ had to step away from the crowd? He had to get away to go spend time with what? Prayer to his Father. There's a scripture in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. It says this, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Before anyone else was awake, the Son of Man needed to have that time with his Father. So watch this. If God, if Jesus needed to spend time in prayer before he began his day, how much more so do you need to do it? You're not better than he is. You'll not even ever compare to him. But yet Jesus realized and understood, I must start my day by seeking after my Father first. How much more do we need to do the same thing? Secondly, is this, worship. First of the week, we come to worship. Now, oftentimes we're we're used to Sunday being the last day of the week. It's not, it's the first day. This is the moment where we come together as, as the body of Christ and we come and in one place, one accord, to worship our Father. Acts chapter 20, verses 7 says, On the first day of the week, we came, to be- came together to break bread. You look at the book of Acts, at the, at the genesis of the church, so to speak, and you see something very different, that the Bible says that the church devoted themselves to this. The apostles' teaching, to the breaking of the, of the bread, and to the fellowship and the prayer. And it says that they devoted themselves to it. I, uh, pardon me, this past week I had a conversation with someone who did not know I was a pastor. I was up in Salisbury. This guy had no idea who I was. But we were, we were doing a transaction, and we, we came up into a conversation. And uh, I, I said, well, I said, well, you know, how was your Christmas? And he went on to tell me, and and uh, he went on to go on to say, you know, I, uh, on Sundays, and I don't know how it came up, I, I, I just don't remember, but he goes, on Sundays, from 9 to 12, you can catch me in my living room, and I'm watching Daystar and TBN, and I flip back and forth between them. In my mind, I was like, well, that's pretty cool. I'm glad that this guy does this. I'm, I'm glad he's getting some word. And then later on in the conversation, he goes, you know, I live a very lonely life. You know, my, my, my daughter lives in... San Diego, California. My son has been recently incarcerated. My mom and my brother both died this past August. It's just me, and I live a very, very, very lonely life. And I thought to myself, man, you know what? I never want to get to the place where coming into the house of God is not a convenience to me, but rather it becomes an inconvenience. I don't want to get to that spot. I need to be here with you. If it's just me and only me, I need to come in here to be with you because I need the relationship. You know, we go through, we, we go through enough stuff throughout our weeks and we're surrounded by enough junk throughout our weeks that we need to have a place where it's kind of a safe haven. We can come in and know that we're with believers who are like-minded and in like faith and we can come in and we can fellowship with one another. The Acts Church did just that. 
That's what they were all about. I mean, here, you just heard it in our morning announcements this morning. We're about to start off the new semester of, of life groups. If you've never been a part of a life group, you need to get involved in one this semester coming up. It's going to be fabulous. It's going to be fantastic. It's you developing relationship. But more importantly, it's you getting into the word of God with other believers. And it's a no-pressure situation. Amen. Hello, I'm going bowling. That's my life group. If you, any bowlers, you come, show me how to do it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says this, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. So 2018, the first of my week is I'm going to be in the house of God regardless of everything else. It must become a priority in my life and in my family. It can no longer take a backseat. I must be in the house of God. That's the attitude that we as a church need to take on. Knowing that God, you, this is a place where I can come and I, I'm in a safe place where I can get involved into the word of God. I can have an awesome experience of worship like we had this morning. You can hear the best sermon, maybe. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I got one excited for me over there. But we need to understand that this needs to be a part of one of the spiritual discipline, that I'm going to go into the house of worship. I'm going to go into a place where I know the presence of God is residing. I'm going to go into an atmosphere where there's believers just like me getting involved in the word. And then the third thing that we're going to do this year. I could do a whole sermon series on this one alone. I have actually a couple of times, I believe. And that is tithe. Yes, yes, train them up right. <laughs> Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30 says it this way. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to who? The Lord. The Lord. And it is what? It is holy to the Lord. The tithe, my first fruits, whatever's coming into my home, God, I'm giving back what belongs to you already. It's a tenth. You know, I, this is one of the messages I've heard uh, many pastors speak on and, and, and go, I hate talking about this because it, it's, it's the one that affects people the most because you know what? It's kind of weird because that wallet has a direct connection to that heart, doesn't it? You know what I'm saying? And it becomes painful for some people. It only becomes painful if it's not a spiritual discipline for you. We need to understand that everything that we have does not belong to us, but who does it belong to? It belongs to God. God has merely just lent it to you for your pleasure. I believe in tithing. You guys know this. I, I, I'm very firm in this, and I bring it up oftentimes in my messages. But I believe what God, if you want the best for your life, then just give the tenth of it back to God and see what he can do with it. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and 7 says it this way. Each of you should give what you have decided in your hearts to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for, God's, for God, what, loves a cheerful giver. A tithe, a tenth. It's, it's, it's the first that must come to God, not the last. It's the, when you look at your bills and you do the budget, you're not going mortgage, car payment, Groceries, 
school loans, God. It's not how this works. The blessed life, God gets what he gets. And then everything else falls right in place. So it's important. So what are we going to do in 2018? We're going to understand that God's going to give, get our first fruit. God is going to get the tithe. God, we're going to give back into the storehouse because God has provided so much for us. And after all, it does not belong to us. It belongs to him anyway. And then the fourth thing is this, and we're going to get into this, and this is the one that I'm going to spend just a few more minutes on this morning. But we did this last year for the first time as a church, corporately, that I could remember in a very long time anyway. But I said last year, this is going to be something that we will do every year in the beginning of that year, and that is we're going to do a corporate fast. We're going to do a corporate fast. We're going to believe and God, for great things in 2018 in your life as well as in, in this church. We're going to believe that God is just going to open up the windows of heaven and just pour out the blessing into you. You know what? I learned last year during the fast. And I remember going through it and, and, and you know, at the end of it, I was like, all right, God, where's the blessing? You ever been there? You know what I'm talking about? You've gone through the hard time. You've gone through the struggle. You're going, all right, God, where is it at? It never just happens right when you think it's going to happen, does it? No. But some of the, the greatest spiritual growth that you will ever get in your life is when you participate in a fast. There's so many fasts throughout the Bible that we see. You see the Daniel fast. You see the fast where Jesus was in the wilderness. And you see all of these. If Jesus had to fast, do you not think that we don't need to fast? If Jesus didn't have, you know, had to pray, do you not think we don't need to pray too? Are you following me here? All through scripture you see fasting. Watch this. Moses receiving the Ten Commandments. He fasted for 40 days. Elijah on the mountain encountering the Lord fasted for 40 days. Again, Jesus himself in the desert being tempted fasted for 40 days. Paul in Galatians 5, the scripture has really nothing to do with fasting, yet it explains fasting better than any other passage in the Bible, in my opinion. But in, in, in Galatians 5, 16 through 17, Paul says this. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they are in conflict with each other. We're going to start January the 14th, a 21-day fast here at the church. My desire is that everyone participates. Now, in what level of fasting? That is up, that's between you and God on how you want to do that. And that is not, that's nothing that you need to let anyone else know either. That's between you and God. But I believe for 2018, for, for that to be the, the, the year where we just, we turn that corner, so to speak, in your life and as well as for us as a church, we must allow this spiritual discipline to be a focus for us as we begin this new year. To spend those 21 days in a fast, giving up, making ourselves uncomfortable, spending time, what, seeking God first through prayer through reading of his word while you're going through that time of fasting. Understanding that in the first of the week, I'm going to come into the house of God and worship through this fasting. 
And through this fasting, I'm going to do the spiritual discipline and the command that the Bible tells me into giving the tenth back to God, the tithe, back into the storehouse. I believe when we compel all of this back together again and we get ourselves back in order spiritually as we need to do, the chaos, the chaotic, the stressful moments, it won't be gone, but it'll be a lot easier to deal with. It'll be a lot easier to manage. It'll be a lot lot easier to get through. The Bible says that we are called to lead spirit-led lives. How on earth are you going to be spirit-led if your flesh gets whatever it wants whenever it wants it? Whatever you feed will grow, and whatever grows will become what? Dominant. If you feed your flesh anything at once, you will be led in a life entirely by your flesh. But if we deny the flesh and we feed the spirit, we gain intimacy with the Father through his word. We gain the worship. We gain a life of obedience through faith. When we feed the spirit, our spirit grows and now we are led and we are empowered completely, not on our own behalf, but then we become empowered completely by the Holy Spirit himself. Joel chapter 1 verse 14 says this, to declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God. And what's, what, what, do what? Cry out to the Lord. We must become almost as if it's an emergency to the point where God, we're crying out to you in this season. We're placing everything else aside. We're fasting food. You're fasting social media. You're fasting entertainment. You're fasting whatever it is that you and God, you decide to do. But you're placing it all aside saying, God, you are the number one. It's not about fulfilling the fleshly fleshly desires of our life. It's not fulfilling the the fleshly desires that I have in my mind and, and, and that I think I must have in order to be able to Uh, progress and to move forward. But no, God, I'm putting everything aside. I'm going to seek after you. I'm going to seek you first in my day. I'm going to be, I'm going to allow the the, the first of of the week to be in your house. I'm going to give the first back to you of what you have given to me. And God, I'm going to push away the fleshly desire so that I can seek after you, but I'm going to do all of this as I'm crying out to you, Lord. My desire is, God, speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. Speak to our lives, God, so where our attention is completely focused in 2018 and moving forward upon you and not upon our own agenda, our own plan. But God, what is it that you have in store for us? What is it, God, that you have in store for my personal life? What is it, God, that you've been trying to get my attention over time and time again, but yet I've allowed everything else to take up that space and I've ignored your voice? Matthew chapter 6, 17, excuse me, 17 through 18 says, But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are doing so or that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. 
I believe that God wants us to have a more faith-filled, God-empowered year in this coming year. I don't believe that we need to go into a fast of, a, look what I am doing, and boasting ourselves about it. But we must do so in a humbling manner, saying, you know, <laughs> this is about me and God. It's about God communicating to me. This is about me giving up so God can see that I'm going after him. You know, I, I think I told you guys last year, the first time I ever fasted, and I'm going to tell you the story again. I was a freshman in college, and I was, uh, I was trying to figure out what am I supposed to do in my life? <laughs> Anybody ever been there? Some of you are still trying to figure it out, right? I'm still trying too, right? But I remember sitting and, and, and trying to figure it out and, and God was really dealing with me and I, I felt myself kind of just more in tune with him. I get, it's hard to explain. You know what I'm getting at here. You know, that feeling, you just know something's happening. And uh, I decided, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend a time, I'm going to fast. I have no idea how to do this. Didn't read on it. Just heard my dad preach about it all my life. But it never paid attention to him anyway. And I remember going, you know what, I'm going to fast. Because I'm not sure what, I feel something, but I'm not sure what's exactly happening here. And I, I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fast my breakfast in the morning. And I'm going to go over to the church. And I'm going to spend that time in prayer. And I have no idea how long I'm going to do this. Because I know nothing about fasting. This is everything that was going through my mind. I was, I was fast dumb. You know what I'm saying? No idea. I'm just going to give up something and say, God, I hope you talk to me. That's exactly how it went down. I remember started to fast. Asked my dad. That we lived right, right beside the church. I said, Dad, can I get the key? I want to go over to the church and pray. That, that alone should have been like something's happening here, you know. So I'd go over in the morning. I told my mom, don't worry about it. I'll get something later, you know, kind of I didn't want everybody knowing what I was doing. You know, it was, I'll get something later. I went over to the church, and I remember getting down to the altar and spending time in prayer. Just, God, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. I'm just kind of winging it, and I hope you really come through because I don't want to do this all my life. You know, that type of deal. And a uh, couple days went on, a couple days went on, and I kept doing it. I stayed persistent with it. Now, I'm not going to lie. I couldn't wait for lunchtime to come. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the truth is truth. But my, my mom, one, one afternoon, and I've told you guys this story. I'm going to tell you again because I love it. Uh, we were sitting in the, in the living room, and she looked at me. And she goes, I've noticed something. You're doing something, and I don't know why you're doing it. I don't want to know why you're doing it, but I've noticed it. And I just think it's really interesting and proud of you. And, uh, and we went on into a conversation about something else. And then all of a sudden, she just stopped in the middle of it. She goes, you know, I want to tell you a story. And I was like, all right, cool. She goes, when, you were, when, when I was pregnant with you, I would sit in the rocking chair, which she still has today. And my brother will not get that when she dies. It's my rocking chair. Just mark that down right now. She said, I would sit in that rocking chair, and I would rub my belly, and I would pray over you and say, God, this is the one that you're going to use to preach your word. Got my answer right then and there. You see, God answers when we sacrifice. God answers when we push aside. God answers when we go after him sincerely and we go after him wholeheartedly. 
I'm asking you for 2018, not only for your own life spiritually, because I want to see you flourish. I want God to speak into your life like he's never spoke before. But I also want God to do something powerful in this church. And I believe it will come through prayer and through fasting. I believe it will come when we take these spiritual disciplines and we will make them a priority in our lives. Amen. Stand with me this morning. So, I don't know what your attitude is about 2017 and moving into 2018. I hope your attitude is, is God, give me more. I want more of you. I want God, whatever it is you want for my life. But I promise what God wants for your life is he wants more of you. More than you want more of him. We take on these spiritual disciplines that I, I briefly mentioned this morning, and I just briefly went over them. We didn't, really, we didn't even get in. I could do sermon series on each one of them. Really probably bore you to death on them, okay? But when we take these things, and we take seeking God, and we take coming into his house of worship, and we take tithing, and we take fasting, and we take these spiritual disciplines, and we apply them to our lives, it's amazing what God wants to do. It's amazing what God wants to do. You know, I stand here as your pastor and I look out and some of you are visitors and some of our regulars aren't here. A lot of people traveling and different things like that, but it wasn't gonna stop me from bringing this message today because I knew I just had to. If this isn't your regular church home, I encourage you to take what I gave you because it applies to your church and your own spiritual life as well. Do that 21 day fast. Watch what God does in your life. Start tithing and giving back to God what belongs to him. See how much he increases back into your life. Take the first of the week and seek God. And the first of your day, seek God. and See what doesn't happen in your life. But normally, you know, I, I sit here and I bring the challenge and I ask you to raise your hand and I'll end with prayer. I don't want to do that today. Instead, what I want to do is I want to invite you guys. We're going to sing that song again, I believe, that last song this morning. And when you do so, I want that to be your prayer to God. If this message touched your life, pray while you're down here. God, you know what? I need help seeking you first in my day. God, I need to make a priority of coming into your house for worship on the first day of the week. God, I, I need the help in tithing. I, I need you to hit me over the head on that one, God. God, I need you to help me to go through a fast this year because... I need to hear from you, God. So I'm going to ask you today, step out from where you're at. Come, and that's everybody. Come up to this front. We're going to get into this worship song. And I know that I know that I know that God is going to speak into your life. And when you walk out of here, I think we are, you could already say, I felt God. But when you walk out of here, you're going to know that you've been in the presence of God this morning.